You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 29. In Brooklyn, one of the board of elections lost 127,000 voter records. But we can imagine the use case of blockchain where that kind of information would be decentralized and things would be run, can run much more efficiently. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. Welcome all to The Local Maximum. I just want to point out, and I want to thank you all for such you know great numbers last week. Last week on Tuesday, that was the most downloaded day ever for The Local Maximum. I think that uh, part of it was that the episode, and that was episode 28 on social media censorship, that was probably one of my more controversial shows. It was very topical. Um, but I also think that the Facebook group helped a lot. The Facebook group, it's a local maximum on Facebook, very easy to find. Uh, because a lot of these downloads were people who are finding earlier episodes. A lot of people like to go back and uh, listen to what we did before, which I think is a good idea. We have a lot of uh, evergreen content. So we're going to get into some very fascinating topics today. We'll talk about Bitcoin, blockchain, how one state representative is thinking about it. And we'll talk about jobs, automation, entrepreneurship, robotics, Assemblyman Clyde Vanell and I, we got into a lot. So I want to ask you, the audience, uh, a few focus questions and a few uh, study questions, if you will, to think about as you listen to it. Because as most shows, I'm introducing a few topics here and we're going to expand on it in future shows. Now, before I get into that, uh, now I know the audience is growing and there's a lot of new people. And if you're listening to the first time, you're just checking it out, and you're probably not thinking, you know, what can I do to help Max out? And what can I do to spread the word and make this thing go viral? I know, most of you don't care. I mean, so first of all, for those of you who are thinking of that, that's great. I love the subscribe button. I love the five-star reviews, the sharing on Twitter, Facebook, the Facebook page. Uh, but I want to appeal to the people who are asking, what's in it for me? Maybe you're listening because you're interested in a certain topic. Maybe you want to be entertained. Maybe you just like the idea of learning new things in the general areas that I comment on. That's like AI, decentralization, technology and society, all of that stuff. So uh, you personally uh, can get more of what you want. Just reach out, localmaxradio at gmail.com. Give me a topic. I will address that topic if it fits in uh, with previous topics ask a, a, a question about anything you hear on the show, could be a technical question, could just be asking for an opinion. You know, a lot of people figure, why bother? Because you won't actually change the show. What's the chance that the host is going to answer my email? I'll answer it. Uh, in, in your case, you really, really will get your email answered. You'll, you'll at least get a response from me, and you're very likely to have a mention on the show. Um, and you'll get more of what you want. So that's great. And you'll help others with the same question on the topic. So that's a, a win, win, win. All right. Now, I first met Clyde Vanell at a blockchain meetup by Tech2025 in New York City. That was back in February. That video is available online. I'll post it on the show notes page. And I said to myself, you know, well, that's different. Because most elected officials, you know, don't know or care about this stuff. And then I find that, found out that uh, it's not just a hobby. You know, Clyde has been talking about this in assembly and using it to craft, craft legislation. And he spent considerable time learning about the emerging technology that's going to affect our lives in the near future. 
And he's really hands-on with this stuff, too. His office has a 3D printer and all that. He actually uh, learns to use all the things that he's talking about, which you don't always see. Uh, and he also disseminates this information online. He has some videos up about automation, about Bitcoin. Not just, you know, this is what I'm doing as your representative, but he's actually using these videos to teach people what he's learned. And, and some of it's actually in a pretty entertaining way. Yeah, you know, and I always wonder why, you know, more local officials don't do that. I always thought, like, if I were elected to office, maybe I would do a podcast on what I did every week or something like that. You know, I, I do get mail, like, in the mailbox mail from, from some of these people, some of my, you know, local representatives. But to be honest, it usually just goes in the garbage because uh, very little of what's in those mailings is interesting to me or affects my life. Uh, kind of sad to think about it. So I took the Long Island Railroad from Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn near where I live to Queens Village, almost door-to-door -door service. Um, yeah, I'm that dedicated to the show that I actually went on the Long Island Railroad. And I wanted to see how Clyde Vanell thinks about Bitcoin and blockchain technology, the digital currency, and the decentralized database technology behind it, and how our state legislators in general are thinking about this. And you can bet the same conversations are happening uh, around the United States and also around the world, because Bitcoin is global. New York is no exception. I think you know, we're in a weird situation here in New York where our state government in general, uh, the perception is that it hasn't been very friendly to crypto, uh, but, but the people, uh, New Yorkers, have been. And I know this because of all the companies starting up, uh, the investment, people showing up at Bitcoin meetups, even when the price is down, and several local officials have even picked up on this as well. Now, I'll tell you what this interview is not. This is not, uh, this is the case for Bitcoin. Obviously, we're not going to be talking about let's take down the banks uh, and, you know, let's take, let's take back our personal freedoms and blockchain forever at the highest possible decibel level. You know, I'll, I'll talk to someone like that at some point. Uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, for example, he's a great speaker. I'll talk to a, a crypto anarchist maybe. And some of you, you know, who have been with me for a long time, I spoke to Christian Lundqvist back in episode five about Ethereum. He's a technical and product leader in the space. And in the near future, I might actually get someone really good, well-known in the space, uh, soonish. I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to jinx it. Now, uh, with government, you kind of need to moderate and speak their language. And even Clyde will mention that he recognizes the pros and cons of a slow-moving government. I spoke with Aaron last week on episode 28 about changing minds by talking to people right at the edge of what they're con comfortable with. Uh, the frontier of their filter bubble, if you will. So that's uh, where the conversation needs to take place up in Albany. And so I think that's the approach that my guest is taking uh, towards uh, speaking about these issues today. So my main focus uh, before we begin are the focus questions for you uh, to think about while you listen to this interview are going to be one, uh, you know, Clyde describes a blockchain method for storing important identity data related information to the state government. That's like your birth certificate, your death certificate, uh, voting information. So how do you think that might work? Uh, two, you know, would you be alarmed if government tried to become more efficient with blockchain in some other areas of life, say surveillance? And three, you know, what's the consequence of Bitcoin uh, currently being a digital currency that's held as a store of value and not spent for day-to-day -day purchases. Should that change? Should that be a high priority for people in Bitcoin? Should that be something that we look to change down the road? Um, 
all open to debate in the Bitcoin community. It's not mandatory homework, but if you do it for extra credit, localmaxradio at gmail.com. Okay. Clyde Vanell is a member of the New York State Assembly. For those of you outside the state of New York and outside the country, that's like our House of Representatives for just the state of New York, um, or our parliament, again, for those of you outside the country. Uh, the audience is international, after all. I look at this online, I get people from like all over the world listening to this. Uh, so this is for the government just for the state of New York, and he represents the 33rd district in Queens. That includes Queens Village, where the interview takes place. Clyde was first elected to the Assembly in 2016. He is a lawyer focusing on intellectual property law and estate planning. He is an internet entrepreneur, owner of TrademarkReady.com, and we'll talk about his Clean Bee products and Amazon as well. He owned a restaurant in the East Village for several years called Vanell on First, founder of the New York chapter of Black Pilots of America. Oh, he's a pilot too. Okay. All right, let's bring him on. Clyde Vanell, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Max, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited uh, to be here at The Local Maximum. I've been uh, following you for the past uh, you know, couple of months, and you've been growing by leaps and bounds. And thanks for bringing Thank this information and these shows to the community and to the, to the public. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, it's great to be out here in Queens. Um, definitely a, a change in scenery for me. Um, and I also, you know, I want to start by introducing you to my audience, uh, because anyone who looks at your content online, they'll see that you're talking about future technology. You're talking about Bitcoin. I'm sitting here in an assembly member's office, and right behind me is the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper on the wall. So that's, that's pretty crazy <laughs> that's to me. Right, that's right. You're talking about artificial intelligence, and you're also teaching people about entrepreneurship and personal finances. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not what you usually find when you Google a member of the New York State Assembly. So <laughs> what is it in your background that makes you interested in these topics? And given that, how did you end up in the office that you're currently in? Well, first of all, Max, thanks for coming out to this corner of the earth called queens the home of hip-hop now bronx may say it but queens is where it's at all right so first of all thank you for coming out here uh to to my district office listen the reason why i focused on technology well i'm the chairman of the subcommittee on internet and new technologies in the new york state assembly so it's my job to focus on where we're going where the ball is going not where we are and um, when you talk about uh, artificial intelligence and technology and automation and robotics and cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, this is a very exciting time in the world. Oh, yeah. um, or you could be excited about it or you could be afraid about it, you know, afraid sure, of it. Sure, sure. Right. So, you know, history has shown that humans um, have had different reactions to the changing of technology, you know, learning from history, we should be, we need to be on the right side of history. Yeah. So tell me though a little bit, I mean, yes, you're on the committee, but what was it that you were doing before you were assembly member? Clearly you weren't, um, you know, it sounds like you haven't uh, been in Albany your whole life. No, (laughs) I'm I'm a, I'm an intellectual property attorney. Okay. So, um, for your audience, I'm a guy that protects ideas. Uh, so patents, trademarks, uh, copyrights, trade secrets, um, I'm also a trained um, engineer for undergrad. Um, I'm an internet entrepreneur. Um, so, 
you know, that's my background that I, what I've done before I was in Albany. And that's, I still do that also. In your background, you've um, interacted with lots of technologists, lots of entrepreneurs. Um, and I think that gives you like a slightly different perspective than most of the people uh, maybe that, uh, that, that you're working with uh, when you go into the assembly. How long have you been in the assembly, by the way? I've been in assembly since uh, uh, 2016. So this is okay. my first okay. term. A couple years. Couple yeah, years. this is my first term. All right, cool. Yeah. What's been the most unexpected about that process for you so far? Is this your first elected office? This is my first elected office. So, you know, what's what's interesting is um, what's great about America, what's great about New York when it comes to politics and our institutions is that we are a well-established, entrenched democracy with an institution that's been in place for hundreds of years. And... There are processes by which you have to go through to do stuff. And that's a blessing, right? Not one person can turn around and change everything because there's a, there are processes. There's a bureaucracy. And that's a blessing because that creates a level of stability in this country, a level of stability in New York State. But there's another side to the coin. The other side to the coin is that there is this process and there is this bureaucracy. So government is resistant to change yeah um so um you know so so you know so there's a cost to that stability and we have to figure out the proper balance how do we balance it how do we you know do stuff and what's interesting is max you've heard of bureaucracy but can you imagine what the bureaucracy is in new york state uh, no, no, I've never been north of uh, uh, Roxbury. <laughs> <laughs> but or the process? Could you imagine what pro- you know the processes that we have to go through to to get something done, to get a law passed, to get certain forget about a law, but just to get you know just to move you know one block you know one thing to sure. something else. It's 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 a whole process. So we have to. Um, you know, so one of the, the things that surprised me was sure. and working unlike, through this process. I feel like unlike in the federal level, there's not the state government really is not in the limelight a lot. So you hear about what's going on in the federal level, but it, it's like, okay, we have all the same stuff on the state level. We just don't know a whole lot about it. What's interesting so, is that, you know, the, the federal government has limited power, right? According, yeah. Under our Constitution, the state government, I mean, the federal government does very narrow domain right over the states um so most of the stuff most of the good stuff is happening in the state and no but it's not covered like the national no like 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 we are in the national government sure um sure. but in people that's one of the things that people must should be engaged more with their local politics because that affects them day to day every day yeah uh, much yeah. more than the, the so federal state government. and local government is definitely much more in your lives, but when you turn on the TV, it's always, you know, Washington, D.C. No doubt about it. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So let's let's dive into talking about Bitcoin and blockchain. Uh, When people in cryptocurrency think about New York State, I always hear about the bit license. That's a regulation. It was never voted on by any elected official. And, you know, I haven't personally met a crypto geek who likes it. Maybe there is one. (laughs) And a lot of my friends in the tech industry here in New York City they want to work on blockchain anyway. They want to work on Bitcoin anyway here in New York. Uh, so what's, what's going on with the bit license and how are New York state regulators thinking about digital currencies today? Before I go into that, Max, I just wanted to say that, you know, I find that there are many people that 
um, and I don't know about this audience, but I don't want to take anything for granted. There are many people that don't even know what blockchain technology is, that don't even know, sure. understand what cryptocurrency is and what Bitcoin is uh, or these different altcoins. And even what I just said could sound like gibberish to folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you were talking to me five years ago, I would have said, what, what is this? This is, a, this is a crazy person on the street, you know? But the approach, my approach is, Max, I want New York State, I want this country, and I want New York State to be a place that is uh, uh, receptive and that is a burgeoning place for business, for technology, um, for now and the future. Very, that's very important for us to do. And when it comes to fintech, when it comes to financial technology, New York State is the financial capital of the world. We should also be the, the, the leaders and the, the empire state when it comes to financial technology. That being said, blockchain technology is one of the new financial technologies. Whether we could argue whether, you know, you could argue the merits of it or not, but it is. So New York State should be leading in development, in its environment, in businesses with respect to, to blockchain technology. So what's interesting is on October 31st, 2008, a white paper was published um, that described blockchain technology, that described Bitcoin. Now, we don't know who actually published it, you know, it was named after someone. Sure. We don't know if it was one person or a number of people, but this white paper solved how to create scarce digital assets. And it also described a great way to record data and a great way to transfer value in a democratized fashion and that digitized trust. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. So what does that mean? That means that as a state lawmaker, as a regulator, and as being someone who is a representative of the state, you mentioned the federal government. But I'm, let's, let me talk about how important record keeping is and value transfer is on the state level, which is much more important to me than the federal level. Max, when someone is born, do you know where they go to? Do you know what, what level, what branch of government they go to when, if you have a child to record so, that? So you get your birth certificate? From, I believe yeah, it's from the state. From the right? state. Yeah. When someone gets married, do you know who issues that? Yeah, you get your license. You, you see that in, in, in weddings, or you see that in movies more like the power invested me, or the state of New York, or, you know. No doubt about but, it. When people die... It's the, it's same, the state. Same thing. If you have to buy a car, you have to get your title from the state. If you buy a house, you have to put your deed with the, with the state, local and the state. So uh, when you vote, you vote. That's through the state. Sure. What happens? So what, what level of trust must, must we have with our documents, Max? High level. The utmost, <laughs> right? The utmost. Yeah. We are the keepers. The state is the keeper of the most valuable asset. It's the basis of our identity and our property rights. No question about it. State is. Max, what happens when we get that wrong? You tell me. <laughs> it's disastrous. 
So, so trust of our system, trust of our records is of utmost importance. So if I'm in the position to make sure that that is in place, how could I ignore blockchain technology? Right. Right? That's the question. How could you ignore blockchain technology? If you buy, purchase a house from me and I have to transfer that deed and we do it a certain kind of way, we have to transfer deeds, we have to transfer titles for, for cars, we have to make sure that uh, when, when someone is born, we record that. When, when someone, when that child gets immunized, we record that. When that person moves on, when that person goes to school, right, and different transactions in these person's lives, the question is how can we ignore blockchain technology as a state? Blockchain, I often describe it as like a, a decentralized database. So if you often think of something as, you know, something that a database can do, a blockchain can also do it. So all of this stuff sounds like, yeah, it's, it would be, I mean, we, I'm sure we already have databases that have all of these things. But what do you see as the big advantage of moving this to the blockchain? So I'm not saying that we should de- I think that's or, or we should, look we into should, it right, we should right. look into we're, we're, it's it it's so early now right, I mean it's still, we still very early right yeah. we should we, we cannot ignore it yeah but I'll just give you an example Max how we effed up yeah April 2016 during the uh, presidential Democratic presidential primaries in New York State between Hillary Clinton and um, Senator Bernie Sanders right right and I remember him standing outside the um Giving a speech right outside the subway stop that I was. Oh really? Uh, in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get out of here! Oh wow! Oh wow! So, um, in Brooklyn, in Kings County, one of the board of elections lost or purged 127,000 voter records. Purged. The, for that to happen, there must be. At so a certain h- point, how does that happen? What's the? Oh, so first of all, what happens to the people who got purged? Like, what is that? Like, do you have to do fill out a bunch of paperwork? And how, like, f- from your understanding, like, how does that, how did that happen? We're still trying to figure it still out. Still trying to figure it out. We're still trying to figure out, you know, how it happened. How can, you know, one thing we know that there's a point, there's, there's, there's one point of, of, of entry in the system. Yeah. Um, it's not decentralized. Yeah. Um, so if, so that had to be someone on the inside that did that or some software malfunction, but something happened. Yeah. Right. Software does go wrong. You know, (laughs) um, you know, so I'm not saying it was any malfeasance was definitely there, but if this was set on a decentralized network, even if it was a private decentralized network that we would not, those people that would not happen. Right. Right. right? That would not happen. So, um, so, you know, that's a perfect use case for our record keeping uh, 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 with the state, uh, with, 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 with blockchain or something similar to blockchain, some, some kind of decentralized, uh, 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 secure, um, uh, verified network. I see. So it would be some, so uh, it would be more secure. Uh, if assuming that that we can get it right, uh, <laughs> be more secure. It would be uh, more more open. I would like to say, like, do you think, like, um, you think it'd be more? Um, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Transparent. Transparent. Yeah. Transparent. Transparency. So one of the things that we we pride ourselves on in the government in New York State is being transparent. So it could open up transparency and accessibility to people 
right? So right now, um, for example, what happens? Someone, and I have to respond to a friend of mine who, who told me that his mom passed. Um, she passed maybe a year ago, a year or two ago. But they're still getting voter information for her yeah. at their house. And they're getting pissed off at this. Right. Right? And it's not they have the death certificate. They've done all the paperwork. So they've done the what, process. Yeah. They've done it. Why why they still why is the state still sending information to their homes about their mom voting? Yeah. Now, Max, if the information was on a blockchain, right? And then and these trans and, and for example, so block what is what is a blockchain? Blockchain is is um is recording of data and different transactions that, that, that go onto this database, that go onto this block. And these successive transactions update the whole database. You can imagine some kind of database that, had, that records the transactions of a person and imagine a death of a person is an event, is a transaction. That could be recorded and the whole system would know about it. Right. right now, what right. we have is whatever agency records the death knows about the death of that person, but these, all these other agencies don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. They're not updated properly. And the process to update them is so... so yeah, but I think it's called data silos in the business. Like, it's just... Thank you. There you no, go. Yeah. There are these silos. Exactly. There are these silos that are going on, and the inefficiency to update all the different agencies is something that, you know, that's happening today. But, uh, but we can imagine the use case of blockchain where that kind of information would be decentralized and things would be run, can run much more efficiently. Well, that's a really right? cool Does idea. I hope, we get there. I hope we get there one day. Um, I want to ask you, I know you've attended some tech meetups and you've been talking to some of these early adopters like uh, Lean Crust Pizza in my neighborhood about this yes. technology. What have you learned from, from getting out there and going to these meetups and talking to either people who are you know, interested in being developers or investors or, or early adopters and, and that sort of thing? Well, first, uh, New York City and New York State is burgeoning with blockchain companies, with blockchain businesses, which is great. Um, and I do think that we still get a bad rap, rightly or wrongly so. Uh, when it comes to regulations in this space. And we're trying to change that. Hopefully we're trying to address that and try to change that. Um, I do see that there are companies or st uh, st stores, retailers that accept cryptos, which is, which is interesting. Um, yeah, they're, tr they're experimenting. They're trying to yeah. see. And it's nice to have that there are some small business owners out there who are saying, look, you know, this is, I'm not going to have a whole lot of customers coming in who want to try this, but I... I want to try to help invent the future as a small bit who I imagine small business owners are, are extremely busy. So I, I see that and I'm like, wow, that's pretty, that's taking a lot of initiative right there. Well, one thing, one, one thing that's interesting, if, if, if there are crypto enthusiasts out there for the cryptos uh, to become currencies, that means that exchanges for goods and services have to happen uh, very frequently. Sure. So that means that on both sides of the transaction, there has to be willing receivers. So they have to be willing merchants to accept the cryptos. And then they have to be purchasers, willing crypto holders to use their crypto to sell, to purchase the stuff. 
Yeah. When I went to Lean Crush Pizza, I did a video about it. I think, you, you know, so the video about yeah. it. But I didn't want to spend my crypto to buy the pizza. Right? So, so the crypto, so it was interesting. And, and that was a test for me. Yeah. That was a test for me to see, you know, um, the, I went to a shop. You know, I left intending to purchase pizza with crypto. But when I got to the counter, I couldn't pull the trigger. What was stopping you? The volatility of the token. I see. So I thought because it can go one way, it can go up or down, right? Right. But the possibility of it going up made me say, hell no, I don't want to spend <laughs> $2 today. And then later on find out I spent $10 on this slice of pizza. Yeah. Oh, people have been talking about building wallets that are like buy and replace. Like it'll, like you'll you'll buy something from the wallet and then it'll automatically purchase. It'll trade dollars for Bitcoin in that same amount. So you're not you're keeping your holdings steady. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, if there's a wallet out there that's available that does that automatically. But well, uh, what what, so. what I could have done, what I what I, what I would have done, and I didn't think about this when I was there, is I would have spent Litecoin on the on the pizza. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I would have spent Litecoin. Oh, I would just. I would yeah, have spent something Ethereum. else. Yeah, I would have spent something else other than the Bitcoin. Bitcoin on, but Max, I mean, this is something that I saw, I experienced, I see, I saw. So, on that side of it, for, for these coins to grow to become currencies, the users have to be willing to use their sure. their tokens for for this kind of stuff. And I don't know. And we'll just use Bitcoin for an example. I'm not too sure if you surveyed Bitcoin holders if they would use it as a means of exchange today. No, no, I think right now it's a, it's a store of value. It's a speculative tool, but um, people are thinking about it, but it's not, um, it's, I mean, I'm totally sold on Bitcoin being, like, I think 10 years from now, 20 years from now, uh, this is just going to be the way things are done, but I have no idea how we're going to get there. And so to me, it's like a wild ride yeah. to, to follow it from these. I try to make predictions on the podcast. We'll see what happens in a few <laughs> years. I'll come back to it. I'll see. Uh, but what, see what, I, what I do what I say, think, I don't want to make a prediction, but yeah. I think, but, but if these coins are going to become currency, more like currency, or that's going to happen, then it, I don't think Bitcoin will lead the way with that. So maybe, you know, a, an altcoin may be used for... Um, maybe used for that more. You know, so. Could be, could yeah. be. All right. Um, so, is it you're talking a lot about these long-term technologies? You're talking about not only blockchain. You've done a video on, on automation, and a lot of this is really long-term. You know, not past the next few election cycles. So, do you think is it difficult to get New York lawmakers interested in long-term thinking about these technologies? And how do you try to like get this through? So it's difficult to, and I'm not just saying New York lawmakers, but it's difficult for to get uh, for anyone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are very, you know, impatient with this technology. You know, Bitcoin goes down one day or <laughs> for several months, they're like, it's dead, it's dead. It's like, don't you know what's happened? You know, the last yeah, five years. But, you know, if you look at, you know, if you look at, you know, Bitcoin, these cryptocurrencies, you know, yeah. this is it's only ten years old. Right. That's, that's it. That's you know that that's it. So yeah, so folks are looking at you know what's happening. This week, today, this month, or this quarter, and folks are, you know, crying, you know, it's, it's Armageddon or, or the world is going to end or the sky is going to fall. So what's very important is for us to, and I'm trying to take a long-term look at, 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 at how we should position ourselves when it comes to these technologies. And it's important to be able to, to do that. And I think that if you look at humanity, if you look at technology, if you look at 
uh, how uh, how things progress. You know, I bet on us getting it right. Um, but we have to have we we have to do it correctly in order to to implement it per, uh, properly. Yeah, so you've also investigated automation, retail, artificial intelligence. I see another thing I wasn't expecting in your office is, uh, you know, this 3D printer. I, you know, that, that was, uh, I, could, I don't know, if, I don't think people can hear the, uh, the sound in the background. Um, it seems like you're getting really hands-on with this stuff. Um, so when you talk to your constituents here in Queens about these topics, you know, They've clearly reacted positively to it in the last election, but why do you think it's relevant to their lives? How do you approach these topics, like in your neighborhood right here? So, Max, uh, uh, because I, I understand. Just to say where I'm where I'm coming from, like in this podcast, for me, I'm talking to a lot of software engineers. I'm talking to a lot of internet entrepreneurs. Um, you know, not everyone is that. So I'm trying to figure out how does this conversation go, kind of out of that, outside of that bubble. So it's difficult to have that conversation outside that bubble. So, you know, so, you know, I remember as a lawmaker, I'm still, you know, dealing, fixing potholes and, 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 sure, and making sure. sure that, you know, you know, those kinds of day to day things, you know, education and, and funding for senior programs and that kind of stuff. So, um, so no, the, the everyday person, we're not having this kind of conversation. Um, um, and so my, and my committee that I, I'm chair of is not something that is, um, uh, something that's a very local. It is. It affects local um, directly, but people don't have the time to really for us to break this down and to go through this. Um, but it's an emergency, Max. If you look at where did you grow up, Max? Uh, I uh, twelve years on Long Island, um, and then ten years in Connecticut. And, okay. Yeah. What neighborhood in Long Island? What neighborhood in Connecticut? So, Syosset, Long Island, Western Connecticut. Okay. So. The suburbs. You grew up in a nice <laughs> suburb. Sure. In Long Island, and Connecticut. You're sitting in Queens now, where it's a nice, middle-class, working-class neighborhood. Max, can you afford to buy a house where you grew up? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Generally speaking, the next generation cannot afford to purchase a house in the neighborhood they grew up in. Generally speaking, the next generation is more educated than their parents, more worldly than their parents, should be able to command a higher salary. But what happens when you live in a world, Max, where... Now you're not guaranteed to live better off than your par- than your parents. That's frustrating. What happens when the especially when, if you put in all the work? Right. What happens when the entry into the uh, you know to get your American dream is not guaranteed? Even if you went to college, grad school, you have all these degrees, you have this all this education, and now you can't even afford to live in a working class neighborhood. Now you. You know, what happens when the job, the availability of jobs is much less than it used to be in the past, you know, generations ago, if you graduated from high school, you're the man, right? Forget about college graduate, but you know, you graduated from high school, you'd have a job for the rest of your life and you'd be, you'd be good. Now what happens when there are, there are less jobs available, less of those opportunities available, and at the same time, more and more Low-skilled jobs are being replaced by technology. 
So this is it. This, how could we not focus on this? And this stuff does affect the local people, but, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain it that way. I don't have the time to, t- to talk about the way I'm speaking to you now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, it seems like just from listening to you, you seem much more optimistic about it in general. Like you take a more optimistic, I guess, uh, track on this on, on this technology. Like, I mean, I, I could see a lot of people taking the, you Max. know, being, being scared about losing jobs and saying, you know, look, well, so, shut it down. So look, uh, with, with technology allows great opportunity also, right? Depends on how you look at it. I came up with an idea. I have a, my first product now. I came up with my first product where I have the number one solution to ring around the collar. I came up with something called the Clean B. That's the brand, Clean B. Collar liners. You put, you put, you see, I'm wearing it now. Yeah. You put this liner in your, in, uh, in your shirt collar. You get that dirty, but you, your, your shirt collar stays clean. All right, yeah, because I have like these white shirts and there's yellow all around. Yeah, I got you, bro. <laughs> I got you. So, so your 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 neck your shirt collar stays clean. Yeah, I got these. I got it manufactured uh, overseas, sent over here. I send them to Amazon, and people you could purchase it on Amazon directly. Yeah, I can sit here and make money and not have to do anything. Technology allows that to happen before yeah. Amazon, before the internet, before this stuff. I would have gone. Through, I would have to spend twenty times more than I spent to get this product onto the market. Yeah, yeah. There, are, so technology allows opportunities like this, like that, and many other opportunities for people to be able to have income or supplement their income. Um, so you don't have to. So how do we use it, uh, technology, properly, and how do you leverage that for yourself for the future? Sure, and I'm. You know, with this podcast, you know, I'm exploring, you know, kind of dreaming about future, like just, you know, are are there ways to monetize it? And even though it's like, okay, I've got my salary working as a software engineer, when I get like my first dollar that's like mine just from this, uh, just from this podcast, like if if I sell an ad or I do like an Amazon affiliate, I get so excited. I'm like, (laughs) it's a blessing. Look, yeah. And we live in a time, we couldn't do this, you know, 10 years ago, you know, where you could just get your voice out very easily. Uh, like we're doing now in, on a podcast like this. Look, and Max, I, that, that's why one of the reasons I want to take advantage of it because it's like when, when else in history can we sort of, you know, a, a regular person kind of just get their ideas out? <laughs> Max, you're, you're doing something where you, we, we, we're, we're recording on your podcast on your, with your equipment that you bought here. Um, you'll, you'll, you're going to put this show together and you're going to publish it for the world. And your opportunities to monetize this podcast, your opportunities to for it to be exposed or what have you, is not like ever before. And um, you know, and it's and it's exciting. And guess what, Max? It's not easy. No, you have to bust your butt to get shows. You have to bust your butt to get uh, to to interview people and to get your shows out and to get people to go out and listen and to download your podcast and yeah. to put reviews out there and to send it out to other people. But the blessing is that it's yours. Right. Right? The blessing is that it's yours. And if you put out good stuff in the world, good stuff will come back. Yeah. But I, I feel like people need to be it's not it's not the same anymore where you could just go to school and you know, learn a bunch of stuff and then and the and the job comes. It's I, I feel like there's gotta be a mindset change where people just get out there. You talk about this a lot with you know, you talk about entrepreneurship and and I mean, look, my experience from 
you know, talking to students at, at Cooney and that sort of thing is, you know, they're, they, they hustle. And I'm like, I, you know, I want to work with these people. It sort of frustrates me sometimes that we don't hire, um, you know, that, that, uh, that the tech industry isn't hiring them at a rate that I think they should. But, um, Anyway, maybe that's another issue. No, no, it's true. No, no, <laughs> you know, so now, you know, one of the things that we have to teach, and I don't know if we can teach, I don't know if, if, if people are born with it or if you have to learn it, but what folks have to learn to, you know, to, to create, learn to create their own opportunities. Yeah. And learn to be able to, and there are more opportunities out there um, if you do that. You can create your own space, your own lane, um, but it's not easy. Right, it's not simple, Max. I mean, I, for you to come out with your your podcast and to stick with it and continue. I remember the first time we spoke was this winter. Right. And then you know it's a blessing to hear that you're still doing, you're still building it. Your 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 audience and I, I've been listening over the. Oh, you I'm know, having a great time. Yeah, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, to but see I'm that in a good. I'm a, I'm in a I'm in a good position where I don't have to. You know, I'm not under the gun with this thing. You know, I have a job. I don't need to get i can i can kind of take the long-term view uh so so i mean yeah it's a i i'm no but I'm people feeling, but, 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 very, but, Max, but you still you still yeah. need you still you know you you're, you're investing in it oh yeah right so but but there are a lot of people in your position that won't do it unless they're under the gun yeah right they won't do it unless they're under the gun so you know what's a blessing is that you know the mindset to be able to do it while you still have while you're you know while while it's a side hustle is a great thing but most people, Max, in your position, don't do it. Sure. You know, so um, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing for you know for you to for you to do that and for that mindset. That's the reason why, you know, I'm working on building a robot. Yeah. Tell me about what's this robot gonna do. <laughs> so I'm I'm building. Uh, I I have my 3D printer that's building the components of a robot that that can solve the Rubik's cube. Right, so you down. So um, you probably had to do a lot of research before you started. That. So I've researched. So I've researched where I could find. Oh, I forgot to talk to you about this. So big thing that's going on with the federal government and the states is what we should do with three D printed guns. Oh yeah, yeah. We've talked right. about this in the show, before. right? Three D printed yeah. guns and 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 where where should liability lie? Who should be able to print the guns? Should we be? What, what are we going to? Should we allow for the even the yeah. publishing of of these of these blueprints? Um, should we? What happens with the download? Okay, all this stuff. So if you could three D print, if you could find the uh, blueprints to three D print guns, then what about robots? Right. What about, you know, what about those kind of things? So I I uh, I found open source schematics for printing a someone had, you know, someone posted it and it was I forget their name. Activia. I'll give them a shout out because they, they, okay. they put it out on I'll creative go on the show notes page. Yeah. Um, that has a 3D printed robot that solves the Rubik's Cube. And I love cubing. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I got into cubing like this year and I, you know, I, I have a number of different kinds of cubes. And it took me a while to learn how to, how to solve the Rubik's Cube. Wouldn't it be cool to create a robot that does that for you automatically? That, Max, gives me, will help me try to put policy together for New York State when it comes to automation, uh, robotics, 
uh, and these kinds of things. Yeah, so you're actually learning about the technology that you're legislating on rather than just winging yes. it. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And guess what, Max? Uh, which guess which what a lot is- of entrepreneurs need to do too. A lot of, like I, I was telling you before, before the show, a lot of people come to software engineers and say, hey, I have an idea for a service and you're going to build it rather than, I mean, that's okay. You need people who have the ideas, who have the funding of the business. But like, it, they need to dive into the technology themselves first because then they'll they'll respect their engineers more um, and they'll, they'll understand. Yeah, yeah, right. and they'll understand more about the business that they're trying to create. Yeah, yeah, like like Max, you know, putting do, working on this stuff and putting this together. I mean, this this robot, this stuff is hard. Yeah, it's hard, man. And I, you know, I thought that I was going to be done or what have you, but but now I respect the process more and then when I could speak about it I'll speak about it with different eyes yeah right a different understanding and a much deeper understanding than if I'm winging it right all right I think that's a good place to leave it the program is coming to an end so tell me about Clyde's Corner and anything else <laughs> that people should check out if they want to hear more from you so uh, you can find me on the socials I'm, uh, on Facebook I'm at Clyde Vanell on uh, Twitter at Clyde Vanell that's C-L-Y-D-E-V-A-N-E-L Instagram Clyde Vanell but on YouTube my YouTube channel uh, I have is Clyde's Corner and where we have where we delve into entrepreneurial uh, topics uh, technology and different kinds of things. So you could find, uh, you know, you can find those videos on there too. All right, Clyde Vanell, thank you so much. Max, thanks for having me. Love the program. Love the show. All right, so that's my interview with Clyde Vanell. Remember to check out the show notes page when it comes out. Right now, that's going to be on maxsklar.com/blog. You could also find it on on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, localmaxradio.com is the website, but right now it just forwards to SoundCloud. So I'm working on getting my own website and my own content up there soon, hopefully in the next you know month. Now, remember, I'm going to have a series of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency related episodes. So more on that soon. We'll even get into some of the technical fights, some of the more radical proposals for how it can change society. Looking forward to the next few shows. As always, have a great week. That's the show. If you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. This show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you want to keep up, remember to follow The Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account, at MaxClock. Have a great week. Feel the power. She said, I don't care what you say. You're gonna say.